Hey boys and girls, welcome to Fireside, a weekly podcast in which I chat with Dan about what we've been playing and doing this week. Playing and doing is a bit weird actually, now that I think about it. Could you say what we've been up to this week? It's meant to be a gaming podcast. Okay. <laughs> ah, music. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Dave Haldane, and I'm joined again, surprise, surprise, <laughs> by Dan Lehman. Good evening, day, whatever time it is when you're listening. Actually, um, in my Sims game the other day, I put you and Lisa into the game. Oh, really? Right, and you were, um, I just were mucking around with names. Yeah. And I swapped around your uh, your first and your first letters, so you were Land Demon. So I made it Lan L A N capitals, yeah. and then D A E M O. That's a great name. Why Corvin? It's funny. So, I, yeah, okay. Corvin came from a, a, a Forgotten Realms book many, 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 ah, many okay. years ago. Um, but um, more importantly, um, or more accurately, no, we'll leave it as importantly. When I mentioned <laughs> last episode that I, I had my fair share of uh, of Quake Land parties. Mm. I called myself Land Demon. Oh, really? My clan parties. <laughs> <laughs> because oh, I was a unit go. admin at the time, so yep. Demon worked, etc., etc. I was Land Demon. And, exactly. And, yeah, Beautiful. Everyone got a kick out of that. It was great. <laughs> anyway, before we get into the content, ah. new segment time. Sponsors. Majora Brewery didn't come through. Disappointing. I should I'll get a disappointing and uh, happy sound effect. Um, however, Twitter exploded. We got 10 million new likes and uh, lots of fans saying that this is their favourite. Se- no, we didn't really. Um, but you almost had me believing you there. This <laughs> <laughs> this week we are moving away from Australia. Um, so the last one was Muldura's Aster Ale. Which please is, be Germany. Uh, please be Germany. Please be Germany. It's not Germany. Sorry. Oh. What is it? Um, it's Britain. We're having tea and scones. Oh, shit. I'm out of here. <laughs> I do actually have scones. Don't you like tea? I No. I'm trying for Lipton's as a sponsor uh, for this week's beer. I'm sorry, Dave. I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's actually Iceland. Uh, ah. It is called Viking. Hey, you see, now, it wasn't far off Germany. It's a Pilsner. <laughs> yep. Now, this was actually recommended to me by a friend, uh, Nassau. He's a uh, Greek butcher. So he's, Where all uh, good Icelandic beer recommendations come from? <laughs> yeah, well, he reckons it's uh, it's very nice. Thank you kindly, sir. As per usual, I will uh, cheers first. Cheers. Stoink. Read the website that says made from Iceland. Okay, with four point four percent alcohol, Viking is a full strength premium golden lager brewed according to the European Pilsner method. Made from a unique combination of malt, hops, and barley, Viking has a crisp mouthfeel. With some mild... Mo- <laughs> yep, mouthfeel. Stop talking about my mouthfeels. <laughs> Mixed... Uh, hang on. Shut up. Two- this is their website. This is the part that if we're going to get sponsors, mm. I have to read this uninterrupted and perfectly. Totally. Um, stop looking at the beer like that. With some mild maltiness resulting in a dry finish with a subtle bitterness, <laughs> it's this distinct taste that has won Viking international awards and made it Iceland's favourite beard from some place to some other place with 
dots above the O's and weird things that I can't pronounce them. Can you speak? Looks like an IKEA bookshelf. That name, doesn't it? Oh, it's written on the bottle no, again. Actually, I saw it. Ooh, ten cent refund on the bottle. Nice bottle, actually. Not I haven't bad. sipped mine yet. I'm almost done. Bit of Zeus with a dog on the front. Some dragons. It's what you want on a beer. It's quite tasty. That's okay. the uh, mating call of the Icelandic Viking. <laughs> wow. I, um, yeah, I Dave's, like that right off the bat. Dave's figured out how to make the glaciers swell up again. Nice one. <laughs> maybe I'm just, uh, maybe I'm just a fan of lager. Jesus. All right, Dan, in that <laughs> amount of time, is nearly on to his. I only bought six, dude. We're only, but this one I'm, I'm finding quite, quite tasty. We're only five and a half minutes in. That's right. And we haven't talked about games yet. Okay, so... Shit, we better talk about games. This is, um, this is delicious, though. It this is. is um, nice nice suggestion, Ness. Um, would you like to go first? Or... Actually, all right. No, we'll do one that we both played. Because recently, I brought a favourite of mine. A favourite of mine over to play with you and your wife. Indeed. And I'm not entirely sure why it's a favourite. Because the mechanics <laughs> of it are so damn... Simple and plain, but I have a. I really enjoy it every time I play it. And we're talking about the game Takedo, which has the players traveling from one end of Japan to the other, um, taking it in turns to move and resolve the effects of the spaces that they land on. Um, before we go into the details, did you want to? You look like you're ready to say something. I'm not. So this that's probably look that's passed over my face every time. In the last week that I thought about playing Takedo, because that was my first playthrough of that game. Mm. I am truly 100% mystified and baffled as to why I like the game. <laughs> I, because I it's can't put Antoine my finger on anyone. Bowser thing. or whatever his name was. And he's done some great games. Yeah. We, we, you know, we've discussed that in the past. I don't know. I can't put my finger on any one thing that made me go, that was a great game. But I remember enjoying the game thoroughly and probably will enjoy it a second and third and fourth time. Yep. And I just, I just don't know why. It's All right, here's, here's one thing that I think plays into that. Because it's one similarity, because you like the Witcher board game too, right? Yep. Now, both of them have the area movement mechanic where you're not moving across a board. Yep. You're making a choice and then moving your person strategically and then resolving an effect. Different True. into yes. Kaido, there's no randomness in it the only randomness you've got is where so to cover how this works you're all traveling along a single path from one end of japan to the other the person who's in last place goes first and all they do is pick the next spot that they move to and then they resolve the effects of that particular spot the trick is as soon as you've moved you're now the first player so whoever's last goes next so if you move five spots ahead the person behind you can move one spot ahead person behind them can move too, and then they both end up getting more goes than you. So, unlike The Witcher, there's no randomness. Except oh, the there's a little bit of Except randomness. When you go shopping, you'll do a draw. But in general, you know that if you're stopping at a shop, you'll have the opportunity to purchase one of three souvenirs. If you yep. stop on a painting, you're going to get a painting every time. You stop on a farm, you're going to uh, earn coins every time. The The rules are very straightforward. The only randomness was things like the hot springs where there's cards that you're encountering 
But again, the randomness just, isn't the same as The Witcher, where you can investigate and it will either be positive or negative. Well, that's what I was about to right? say. The important yeah. thing, the important distinction is there's no negative. Yeah. There's it's only always, ever positive. There's mm-hmm. only ever victory points or a gain of some description. It's just the, the size of the gain that, yeah. that varies. And then when everyone reaches the, the end, um, whoever has the most points is the winner. And I think maybe the same reason that my stepkids didn't like the game is probably the same reason I did, which says a lot about me as a step-parent, I guess. I still think that's because my daughter taught them how to play. I'm not saying anything against Lily, but she's maybe. 10. First but time she'd met Talking him. about it with Lisa after we played, and yeah. I said, yeah, I can see why the kids might not have enjoyed that game. She said, yeah, me too. But I did enjoy it that, that Lisa was saying that. And, and yeah, you should buy a copy from herebegames.com.au. Ah, what's that site again? Herebegames.com, which sounds a lot like EB Games now that I say it. H-E-R-E-B-E-G-A-M-E-S. Hibby Not games. like, uh, well, I've got to spell things because otherwise my bloody co hosts think that we're part of the Pot, Pot Roast, Roast Network. Network. Yep, totally. <laughs> I still stand by that. Um, Better so, than the Pot Noodle Network. <laughs> <laughs> Go away, kitty, my Pot Roast. Um, so I think. So, yeah, it's the fact that you, you, you're on oh, that yeah, linear games. game path. You, you're. There's no, there's no negatives along the way. There is, there's only ever achievement and advancement. Um, so it then becomes, and I think this is it. I think I'm, I'm zeroing in on why it is all about the strategy of how you play yeah, the game. Hundred percent. It is all about the strategy. It's that simple. That strategy is a combination of which spot you move to to, to maximise your 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 uh, opportunity next turn. It's about taking the full advantage of your character's ability. So. Um, for those who haven't played it, you get dealt two characters at the start of the game. You pick which one you want to keep. You've got to remember each... your character's ability as well. Exactly. <laughs> yes, that's very important and critical. Um, but each character would have a different ability, uh, certain spots on the board. So along the path, there's the same spots that repeat. There's hot springs, temples, farms. So hot springs, you draw a card and you'll get between one and three victory points. Yep. You'll meet a traveller and they will either give you coins, they'll make a donation on your behalf, they'll give you victory points, they'll let you do a painting. You can land on painting squares, that's one of three paintings. And as you progress, so the first time you land on a painting square, so the blue painting, you'll get piece number one, which is worth one victory point. There's a green painting which consists of three pieces, grey painting which consists of four, and the blue which consists of five. So if you get to the end of the... If you get the land on a blue painting for the fifth time, you're getting five victory points for landing on that. And the important thing about collecting the painting pieces too is that the first to complete each of those coloured paintings gets an extra three victory three, points yeah. on a bonus card from that. So the whole game has achievements. There's yeah, the, the whole total. game is about yeah. victory points, effectively. Yeah. You, you stop at a temple for every bag of gold or coin or whatever that you donate... You get a victory point. Yep. Um, you, you get bonus victory points for the person who's donated the most at the temple throughout the game. Um, but all through, it's it's yeah. like each individual aspect is different. Like the sh- there's shopping, which is set collecting. Um, and it's so cleverly designed. So, uh, it's- you know, and I think and that's, that's the point I'm trying to make. I think that's why it appealed to me so much because I'm all about the strategy. I'm all about the planning and the execution. And, and um, I'm not a huge fan of leaving things at least not too many things to chance. Mm. I enjoy chance in a game, but not when the whole game hinges on chance. Yeah. Um, whereas 
the kids, well, you know, they've, they've grown up on a, on a solid diet of, of, of games that are all about die rolls. And um, I think for them, it just probably required a little too much thinking. And I don't mean that in a negative okay. way. No, no, no. They're, they're of an age where they don't want to have to think, they just want to enjoy yeah, they're also me, at an age they can listen to this podcast. And they go, oh, they are. you're, you're yeah, a prick, yeah, Dad. Absolutely, yeah. Um, but I think, you know, if you were to, say, take Alyssa, 12 years old, give her another year or two. I've already got four kids. Um, I don't need to take any more. Thank you. <laughs> no, please, please. She's preteen. Um, <laughs> um, but I think give her another year or two where perhaps her her own thinking and, and, and by when I say thinking, I mean just being able to apply logic and reasoning in a much more sound way, that sort of game will, will appeal to her. That said, Christian loves, and this is a complete diversion, but we'll come back, Christian loves Small World, and Small World is all about strategy. Yeah, it's 100% and strategy. And he kicked my ass in one of the three games we played recently. Yep. So, at 10 years old, oh, he's thanks already... Thanks for the invite. Cheers, bud. Oh, well, I don't know, you were... I don't know, washing your dog or something. But um, he's not a. That's. It means <laughs> that's that. not a euphemism. It means he that actually, literally. <laughs> he actually has a dog. He has two. Um, so at ten years old, he's already shown that he does like that strategic mm. type of game. Takedo, perhaps I don't know. Maybe because it was new, and like you said, maybe because it was Lily teaching, and they didn't quite understand all of it. Yeah. Well, it's one of Lily's favourite. We actually did um, a playthrough video together, mm. and in that. I'm I'm quite keen to lend you to Kaido so you can play it again just with Lisa. Yep. Because <clears throat> when you play with two players, you actually have three travellers. And then whoever the is in yeah. front yep. gets to move the traveller at the rear. So without going into the details of how the game works, what that does is it introduces a blocking mechanism. Hmm. That the other traveller isn't there to earn points. They're never going to be a threat for winning the game. But you're moving the traveller... In order to, so you might take that leap I mentioned earlier of five spots forward, knowing full well you can pre- prevent the other player from achieving something that they yeah. want to, and you can force their hand. And there's that sub. Wasn't it that the um, when you were you were telling me about the two player variant, the person in front that decides where the traveller, the, the the third yeah. um, player moves to. Yep. So, so whoever's sort of in the lead, it yeah. reverses some of the effect of being well. I'm last That's on the right, right there, I'm first. I literally just said that. Did you? Weren't you listening? No, I was looking at that painting behind your head. It's quite attractive. It's not a painting, it's a printing. Are you looking at Samus or Fallout Boy or Catherine? Fallout Boy. I, I enjoy that art. Well, Catherine's nice now that I've noticed her. I was going to say, I would be amazed. If you're looking at one <laughs> of those... I far enough left, I'm one sorry. Of, one of those three people, I would have picked Catherine, then Samus, then Fallout Boy. Not that I'm saying... Uh, <laughs> Moving right along. What have I got? I've got Destiny, Remember Me, and an arcade machine's covering the other. I think it's Rayman Legends. I, uh, so, as, as you may said, gather... As Dave said, in that two-player variant, that, uh, that the first player being able to move that mystery third player neatly sidesteps the whole yeah, but last it, player thing. It also introduces... like. I love the fact that it makes a different game. Mm. Like, it's the same game, but it makes a two-player game infinitely more interesting. Mm. Because one versus one yeah. wouldn't actually be that interesting. No, um, and, and I mean, how many games have you played where they're so much better with three plus? Oh, they're available as two-player games. Let's take Sushi yeah. Go. I love Sushi Go. Yeah. Fuck, it's boring with two players. 
But then you want to swap a card back and forth. Then, then take no thanks, which is meant to be played with three, and we have a ball playing with two. Yeah, we do. I don't know how. I'm not sure we're meant to, but somehow oh, well. it works. But get this. All right. So here's another one that you put me onto after we played Takedo. And when you told me the rules, I didn't think I'd like it. And dear Lord, I love it. I can't wait to show the kids because oh, they I love the art. So I'm talking about greed. And greed is a push your luck dice game that just. It, it really, really. It's a very, very clever push your luck dice game. Like, Zombie Dice is a good push your luck dice game. Greed, to me, is a great push your luck dice game. So, you basically get points. So, you roll all the dice and you. Do you want to explain it? Sure. You'll so, probably do a better job. <laughs> yep, absolutely. So you, you're, um, you're rolling all the dice. You get six dice. Um, and uh, the available uh, six sides are G for gold, R for ruby, E for ebony, E for emerald. So two different E's, which is great in low life. Actually, I meant to say the version that I was looking at online, the version you've got, I think, is the Traveller's Edition. Yeah. All the other versions, the two E's are a lot more distinctive. Dan's yeah. version, he's actually drawn a little dot yeah. so that you know which E you've got because one's dark green and one's black. And yeah, in low light, it's yeah. Um, D for diamond and the S is a dollar sign uh, representing silver. Um, and different combinations on single rolls will uh, confer uh, various uh, um, scores or points. Um, so it's a couple of important rules. Number one, you have to initially score 500 points in a series of rolls to Which is get on the scoreboard. So already, it, what it means is at the start of the game, there's no thinking required. Just keep going until you get fucking 500 points. Yeah. Put that on the board and there's then you can no do There's no room for a conservative strategy. Like Indy, yep. who always plays conservatively, yep. it forces him to take a risk. and Yeah. Yeah, it, it's that really... That's The second mechanic that I really love is like Yahtzee, you can roll, set aside, keep rolling. You However, roll to set yeah. aside, you need to have at least scored some points on each roll. So there's various points, and, and, and the basic ones, are a, a, G, a single G will give you 50 points, and a, a single D will give you 100 points. You so have they're to the score. only two singles that you they're can the, take. That's exactly yeah. right. But earlier on in those rolls, let's say you might score 100 points with a D on your first roll, put that aside, roll the remaining five. You've still got an opportunity to score a three-of-a-kind type roll, in the remaining five dice and potentially really get a big yeah. score so on if you score two but the point is you if need you scored be, three g's you might not yeah. take you but, wouldn't take three g's for 150 points you take one g for 150 points so you still have five die to roll and increase your chances dice of scoring to roll yeah. better on the next roll yeah here's the ingenious bit about the whole push your luck if you roll zero on a subsequent roll you've forfeited the points you set aside so and I, i've lost count of how many times you get to that point in the game uh, and, and so, sorry, the third thing then is... Maybe you should play with people other than Lisa. <laughs> my God, the amount oh, of times she pushed her luck. I'm oh, like, wow, I would have stopped. I've got, I've got score lines. I'll show you with the scorekeeper app. They're amazing. Um, the, third, the third part of the game, or the third important feature of the game then, or is that the win condition is the first person to reach 5,000 points or more. Everyone else gets one final turn to try and exceed that score, um, which is the opposite <laughs> effect of the first die roll, just keep rolling and, until you, you either bust or win. Yeah, right? you, exactly. There's nothing to lose. Nothing You're already lose, lost yeah. sort of thing. Um, but along the way, there's a tremendous amount of luck pushing. Well, that's very similar to Zombie Dice there. Yeah. Because if someone else wins, you go, right, I've got one more shot to yeah. get above 15 brains. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, and lots of games do that, right? Lots of games yeah. give you the one last turn to try. Splendor. Everyone gets one last turn to try and beat the score, etc., etc. It's a, it's a common mechanic, and I I think it's good. Isn't Splendor only? I think Splendor isn't. If you're if you went second. And you get to 15, True, and the you're other person right. doesn't yes. get it, doesn't yeah, yeah. But anyway, in a two-player game... Neither here nor there, yeah. yeah. But lots of games offer that style of catch-up mechanic in the final round. Um, but, yeah, the true the true ingeniousness is... is and, and Lisa, my, my darling, <laughs> darling, darling fiancé... She doesn't listen, just... No, just, you know, <laughs> she's just got that, that beautiful... That beautiful wog superstition about it. I can do this, I can do this. You know, two dice left. <laughs> She's got 700 points on the friggin' table and she'll do it and roll zeros and just go, well, that's not fair. <laughs> and I'm laughing saying it was totally fair. You forfeited 700 points for the opportunity to roll two more dice. Yeah. The cool thing too is, of course, if you, throughout the progression of your turn, if you've used all six dice to score points, you can keep rolling as if you had dices, dies seven to 12. And if you use all those, yeah, that was never seen um, it happen. So you, you could keep the, going as if you had yeah. thirteen or eighteen in your hand. That so was very that powerful. Was, yeah. So what's really cool is when you do get a score. Oh, look, I've got eight hundred and fifty points on six dice, and I can keep going. Yep. Well, suddenly you're cracking four figures in a turn, and, and yeah. And I, I, I'll show you later. But I've got in the scorekeeper app there is one where Lisa. Um, uh, oh, actually, no, it's not obviously in the scorekeeper app. But there was one game where she had about fifteen hundred points up. And she kept going and she rolled zeros. Oh. In her defense, she rolled zero on four dice. Oh, wow. So, so she was at 1,500 in points and only she was in, you know, that was dices effectively seven and eight, was rolling the remaining four and yeah. Well, I did that on the way. Well, not that, but I yeah. I remember rolling 1,450 or something. Yeah. And it took me from dead last yeah. to close contender at second Yeah, in a... And it's amazing how quick that well, not can a turn. single roll, a single turn. A single turn. It can yeah. turn literally that quickly. It's um, yeah, it's 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 a remarkably straightforward little game, and yeah, and I loved it. It was really I fun. Yeah. I was really. I'm looking forward to playing with my kids because, yeah. as I said, Indy is Indy is extremely conservative. Hmm. He'll roll zombie die, and the second he gets a brain, he'll go, "Yep, I'm taking that." Yeah. He'll slowly but steady go up, and Lily pushes her like she is the <laughs> I'm going to obliterate you on the first round. Yeah, so that's just describe my two stepkids, right? <laughs> Alyssa is very conservative. Christian is just like go for it, go for it. But sometimes they'll flip too. Okay. Sometimes they will flip and that's always been interesting. Um, it's always interesting to see um, you know, what causes them to break character yep. and go for the big score <laughs> or to break character and go yeah, I think I'll take the 300 points because Simon Steady wins the race. But therein well, lies the charm for me of greed hmm. because the first round and the last round force you, no matter what strategy you adopt, a, a conservative strategy is a good middle first game. First and last rounds but are the first and last is well, just... You know, until you're on the scoreboard and last round are both no holds barred. Just roll yeah. until you get what you need or bust. Yeah. It's that simple. Look, for a mainstream game, it's uh, I think it was Crown and Andrews. Um um, I was surprised at how, how good it was. Yeah, same it. here. I really enjoyed it. Another one I enjoyed this week, which I played with you as well and spilt beer all over, was... Um, <laughs> oh. So I've actually played... So for that website, hippiegames.com.au, um, I actually I was playing around with a few ideas, and one is staff picks, so games that... Well, the staff is me. <laughs> and this fictional guy called um, Frank Derpstrom. Frank Derpstrom. Yep. <laughs> 
It was Herbert Erbstrom. You could always say, just if you want, just invent another one called Don Lohman, and I'll just make suggestions <laughs> under his name. Don Lohman. Uh, right. It's like Boney Tabbit. <laughs> uh, he just comments negatively on all the games. <laughs> anyway. Um, the games from the 50s. Moving on. What was I talking about? Oh, um, yes. Right, so I, the game. for that, and, and another thing I was doing was I was putting up a thing of Australian games. Mm. So I've been trying to play Australian games. We'll talk about it probably in another episode because I don't think you've played it. I played Town Squares, which was amazing. Um, Elevenses, which yep. was amazing. Uh 101, which was amazing. But one thing we did both play together, in fact, with Lisa again, mm. was a game called Cogs. Yep. And it blew me away with how clever this game yeah. was. So it starts out very simple. Uh, each person draws a um, hand tiles. of three yep. tiles. And each tile has... How do we describe Two. this? Imagine, imagine a um, north, north, northwest, east, south. So you'll have a line joining north to west and a line joining south to east. And each one is an individual colour. And what you do on your turn is you... So, wow, back to front. Right. So you set up in the middle of the table. There is a grid of, I think, in our three-player game, it's a five-by-five five grid. Five-by-six. Five-by-six? Yep, yep. <clears throat> and that varies based on player count. Yeah. yeah, and it's randomly drawn out of a bag they give you. Oh, my God, the... I'll get to the production value of this game. Yep. It's just through the roof. Um, so those lines you're talking about are, are quarter circles um, across corners of each, you know, opposing corners of the tiles. Yeah. So, you know, if you were to join four up uh, around the middle of those four, you have created a circle. But there's three different colours, uh, four different colours. Four different colours. And basically, yep. the, you on your turn, you exchange one of the tiles on the board with one of your tiles. And your goal is to earn... Points, basically. Now, you have a scoreboard with four different coloured tokens. And this was one of the things that blew me away with this game. Mm. So if you connect... If you place a tile and you earn three red points and four blue points, which means four consecutive segments or three consecutive segments, then you move your associated score tokens that far. Play continues. There are ways to get extra turns. Um, If you complete a... um, continuous line of a colour, which is like a full circle or a a funny shape, one that closes in and on itself, or both ends touch the edge of the board, two or more tiles, then that's considered to be a completed mechanism and nobody is allowed to change that colour. There's a couple of other rules, like when you play the same colour, you get no points for the colour that you've replaced with the same colour, but I won't go into those. When you play a tile with two of the same colour, it doubles. Doubles, yeah. A few few little things that make it extra juicy. But... The trick we found, like we'd save up and we'd play a double and we'd get a massive score. But the way the game is scored is, so you reach the end of the game, everyone looks at their lowest colour. And then whoever has the highest of their lowest colour is the winner of the game. And if so it's a draw, you move to the next yeah, lowest colour. Yeah, the next lowest so, mm. so you're really encouraged Here's to spread kicker. your... Here's the kicker, and, and, and for me, the magic of COGS was the scoring system, and mm. hats off to the designer. It was a work of art, and I'll, ne- <laughs> I'll probably never say that about a scoring system again. But along the way, if you complete one of those mechanisms, you gain some bonus tokens oh, that's right. that add yes, points so. to that colour scoreline. Um, but you put them face down, so you, the other players, unless they're tracking, don't know what all your bonus points are. Mm. The kicker was, 
at face value, I won. And then you turned I your thought tokens, I'd lost. Yeah. And then you turned yeah. your friggin' tokens for completed mechanisms and you inched ahead on, yep. the, on the lowest of the four scores on your scoreboard. Yep. And suddenly you won. And I just sat there astounded <laughs> at how well that played out and how well it demonstrated. It's a shame that wasn't a how to play video because it would have perfectly demonstrated the very easy pitfall of, oh, look what he's got, look mm. what I've got. Oh, okay, I can win at this point. I'm going to finish the game or whatever. Oh, shit. He's just turned over those tokens. And well, I'm you can't finish asleep. the game as such because well, it's around. Finished, but, yeah. but all right, if it makes you feel better, the two games I've played since then with other people, mm. exact same thing. Really? Yep. It's Well, well sorry, I'm, the game against Mark wasn't that. He wiped the floor with me. Um, <laughs> it's it's but, a perfect Mark game. <laughs> Let's just agree on that. He <laughs> was the one that noticed that, uh, like, so each scoreboard, so each scoreboard has a number on it and you just draw them at random and then... Mm. Turn order is determined by that. He was the one that noticed that the number three board had a symbol for pi. And then he looked at the... There's a mathematical equation that yeah. tells you what each board's number... I, I, started I to hadn't form even that, noticed I that. I started to form that opinion that we started the game and I was drinking more beer and I gave up. Um, but yeah, I probably would have gotten there given enough time yeah. with the set to just look at them. Um, yeah, it's but really... Yeah. but So the production value as well. That's mm. worth mentioning before we finish up. Um, so I opened the game... For starters, I've never seen a punch board this crisp. I could damn near shake it and all the tiles would have just fallen out. They they were beautiful. But they're a nice thick card. Um, There's a a game setup slash turn counter, which consists of two cogs that are put between two sheets of board, which are uh, fastened together with bronze screws. Yeah. Well, they look like bronze. Brass, uh, brass, sorry. They look like brass. Yeah. Brass screws. Um. And so the way that works is you turn the bottom dial to the number of people playing the game and then on the top dial, it'll reveal a number which shows the how many, uh, rounds. How many rounds you play. You flip it over and on the back, it tells you how big your playing grid should be. Yeah. It just feels really nice to use. Then there's a, a cloth bag with this gold writing on it and this beautiful uh, pull tie that is completely unnecessary because you're not really blind drawing at the start of the game you tip it all out on the table all face down and shuffle it scrabble style yeah right none of that is necessary but god it that game just, was quality end to end it really was and I, I mean wanna, I definitely want to play I'm, so I know you've now played a few games I've only and I've glued one. together the. Um, Are you glued together the ones that? that yeah, I, I the immediately beer? before we'd even played. You know, I've got to say, beer on you know, it. you're saying it's well made game and it was you know designed by an Aussie. It should withstand a bit of beer. <laughs> I'm sorry, if a it's little a bit of glue and it fits. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. I jest. Um, yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it. Definitely want to play it again. Yeah. Right. Next game day that has to come out. Oh, without a doubt, that's going to be a regular in my play rotation. Yeah. I just it blew me away. The the. The amount of thought that went into your turn and the amount of... that What I especially like, and I always enjoy this playing against you, is it encourages <laughs> you to go, right, here's what I want to do, but think ahead. If I do that, yeah. that's going to provide an opportunity for... If Dan does that, then Lisa can do that. And if she closes that mechanism, she'll do that. And then I can't... So you've got to plan ahead. What's the game where you set up a tiled playboard and you move the Phoenix pieces around? Suro. Suro. There's an element of that to it. Okay. Where if you you, you think ahead yeah. one or two steps and go, shit, if I place a tile here, I can see 
how he's going to benefit from Got that. Got an opportunity to flick me off three exactly. of those exits. So there was an element of that style <coughs> of thinking to it, which I really, really thoroughly enjoyed. Hmm. The thing, um, and this is, I, I need to play it with maybe less beer in my system. Um, <laughs> there is an opportunity for the right player with the right memory to track what pieces their opponents are carrying. Yes, true. Even, even to a degree, you know, it doesn't have to be all pieces, but pieces that might be pivotal. Yeah. So, um, yeah, definitely looking forward to playing again. Definitely. All right. Well, thank you very much for listening again, everyone. Uh, don't forget, we're part of the Podbros Network, P-O-D-B-R-O-S. Uh, and if you're in Australia, I now have a website. It's nearly up and running properly, but you can buy games off it now, which is herebegames.com.au. Thanks again, Dan. We'll speak to you all next Thanks, week. Bye. See you later. Bye.